Yeah. You might be better at speaking than you are at writing. And like you said then, that comparing yourself to other people and going, oh, I can't write like him and I can't, he, when he writes, it's so funny. I mean, look, you might not be funny. <laughs> if you're trying to be funny and you're not, fun, like, it's kind of, I always say to people, find out who you are and do it on purpose. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal about automation, getting leads, retargeting, and sales funnels. You know, the stuff that'll actually make you money and doesn't empty your wallet. Get valuable, actionable information from me and other experts in the online marketing space, which will boost your business beyond its current boundaries. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, welcome. Thanks for joining today. This is episode 28. And of course, you'll listen to the Get Real About Business podcast. And I am indeed Clive Maloney. My guest today is social media expert James Berg. James has worked with big companies on their content development. So companies like Samsung, IBM, Philips and Sayat. He recently wrote a book, 104 Social Media Content Ideas to Increase Sales. And more importantly, he's agreed to stop by and share some ideas with you. I have to say that this was a really interesting interview for me. One of the great things about interviewing other experts is that you get to meet lots of really interesting people and you engage in discussions that sometimes you never really saw coming at all. As I mentioned in the interview today, I had a plan to take the discussion in one area, but actually what happens is that we went to a completely different place with this whole thing around social media. And I think that if you are in the place right now where you are either just about to start with your social media or you're thinking that you should be on social media or maybe that you're already on it and you're worrying whether you're doing the right thing, uh, then this is going to be an absolutely brilliant episode for you. So the theme today is really about starting badly on social media and that's going to make a lot of sense as we get into the interview. I kind of thought that we get really tactical in terms of scheduling and different types of contents and, and things like that. And, and whilst we cover a little bit of that, most of today is actually about the thinking behind social media and just picking up confidence in getting out there, finding your voice, something we talk about today. So this was a really interesting discussion for me, and I hope you're going to enjoy it just as much as I did. So without further ado, let's get on with the interview. This is me talking with James Berg. James, I am so glad you made it here today. It seems like it's been a while since we first started talking. It was like way back before Christmas and it was kind of on the back of speaking to your dad. Um, you know, I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So we're going to be talking all things social media today. Um, one of my favourite subjects, um, and I think most people know if, if they've been listening to the podcast up to now or you know they know me, um, I... I loathed the idea of getting getting into social media. I, I swore I would never be one of these people who posts pictures of what I'm having for dinner on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but I got converted. And, and one of the things that I, I, I love to ask people is how they got in the game that they're at right now. How did you fall in love with social media? What, why that? <laughs> it's actually funny you say that because when you say that, I think I was probably the exact same where I thought I'm not going to end up being one of those people posting all the time. And now what I find myself doing is daily creating contents for brands. So uh, what I think how I came into, I mean, I grew up using, I was 17, I think, when Facebook came out. So I'm what's known as, in the industry speak, of a digital native. I grew up using MSN, chatting, using the technology, whereas someone like my dad, for example, 
he might be shouting at the TV if it doesn't turn on and I've got to show him all, all it is is you need to reset this button. So I kind of grown up using the technology. So really, in, a, in, in some way, I've grown up using all this tech and got used to this as my language of communication. Yeah. Um, which, as you said, doesn't mean that I know how to use it for business purposes. So for that, what I studied at university, public relations, which to me is, is really the art of promoting your business in a way without having a lot of budget, without having the advertising space. So it's sometimes how can we get people talking about us? And I learned a lot on that course and really read a lot and became very interested in the digital communication side of it. Um, a main point was because of how many problems I thought there were to it. That was really where my interest came from, that how many potential problems from social media, how much, like you said, people posting their dinner, how much what I'd call non-useful content appeared. Um, and that was an aspect of the course I became really interested in. And another aspect was strategy, yeah. general business strategy. And as you said, with my dad, I've grown up and my dad had his carpet shop and then started moving into networking and networking sales. So I've always been taught by him a lot of what I'd call common business sense. So I was always very interested in the strategy side of business. And just when I came to leaving university, it was how can I mark those up? I started looking at different options and I found myself working, uh, running Sayat's website. Okay. I didn't really know how to run websites at the time. It was <laughs> a company, I in, to be honest with you, I interviewed for a strategy job and they said I wasn't ready for it, it wasn't good enough. Yeah. But they liked me, so they hired me to do content editing, which I said, yes, definitely. What's content editing? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to learn on the job um, and I learned how to run website content, what looks good, how to get it going. As I said, I was already applying my knowledge from university or my readings. And my aim when I was in that company was always to push my way in with the strategy team. So I was lucky that running the content, I also sat next to the strategy team, um, networked in with them and ended up being offered a contract with them when the end of my small contract to be a content editor ran out. Yep. Um, and so I was doing research for them. And then I've moved on to another company, a communications company, where I was doing research again. So when I say research, it was research more with business insights. Right. But the insights and the research that I did was all based around social media and online. So it was using data, using tools to understand how people behave online or how they're talking about a subject but the way that I'd find out how they're talking about a subject is through analyzing online conversations, interviewing them, getting those insights. And from that, the natural progression was, I realized that what I was doing day in, day out was analyzing content. Yeah. Just looking at content day in, day out. As I said of my generation anyway, I'm seeing what my friends post. And I've always had an interest just in what people are sharing. I started picking up trends in how people were, people who are a lot older, let's say, than my age, were sharing a lot more, were willing to share their dinners, share things, whereas some people my age, I became interested in the idea of conversations of, oh, he's posting all the time. And I've always, I kind of started learning through my insights side of the role, always to question why. Right. And it was always like, why would they be posting that? What does that mean? I became a lot more interested as opposed to just that social media content 
like why do people feel confident doing that what could the strategy be with all when you see all the posts and comments on certain posts news posts like sometimes when people post very strong views i think okay i wonder what they're looking to achieve so i started really looking into the underlying why of what people were posting yeah and then the natural progression of that was then through my general day-to-day role i moved more into strategy so now for the last couple of years i've been working more focused on the strategy side um and it's actually making recommendations to these brands of this is the type of content you should be creating on social media based on who your audience are, what they like, the why, all that type of information. And that's kind of like my progression through social media to where I'm at now, which is recommending content that actually lands and actually works for people. Yeah, and that's it's a really interesting story because I think a lot of people get into social media um, and it's kind of the same both ends in terms of using social media for your business and also why I see some people get into social media as so-called social media experts. And that's simply that they know how to use Facebook, they know how to use Twitter, they can do a tweet, whatever, um, and they think we can make money this way what's interesting to me is this whole thing around looking at the analytics, like understanding the why. And and that's the, that's the critical bit, understanding why we do what we do, understanding why things work and why they don't. Um, you know, and I, I want to ask you a question about this. I want to make this really practical today. So I've got loads of questions I want to ask you. I spoke to somebody recently and they're just coming around to this idea that everybody's on social media. So maybe, maybe they should get on social media. Yeah. Um, but this is the whole thing about like, you know, but I don't know what to share. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I worry that I'm going to be in front of people who are going to criticize me. And you hear about these trolls and you hear about people who are just negative and I don't want to get involved in that. Um, and so because of this whole worry about like, what do I share? It means yeah. that we don't share and we don't share enough. Yeah. And so like, what would you say to the psychology around that? I think that's such an interesting topic and it's something which when I say I don't speak about, I don't share it on my social media for my business because as I said to you, my aim is to help help people and educate them. But it's a topic that I'm unbelievably interested in. I've always believed that any business you're working in, it's your responsibility to address the negatives of it. So I think because I work in recommending social media content to people, it's my responsibility and especially the brands that I work with to understand everything there is to do about the negative side of the psychology. So I couldn't be more with you that there's people that are worried. So one of the problems I've identified with social media, there's, there's two, which I think are kind of, well, three actually, which you've said there. One is that people are just unsure what to post. Yeah. Another one is that people don't have time, that feeling that they need to be on social media all the time. Oh yeah. And the other one is the worried about annoying people. So um, I've got a saying at the moment, which I think you might like, which is you can't polish a turd, but you can put paid advertising spend behind it. Uh, (laughs) You can't polish a turd, but you can put paid advertising spend behind it. I love that. And it's making the point that there is, our feeds are filled with so much rubbish and more and more rubbish that people get annoyed. It's things that aren't relevant to people. And it's from the big advertising companies sometimes 
promoting things that aren't relevant to someone, not even the big advertising companies sometimes. It's ones that at the moment your feed might be filled with things like Bitcoin from scam because scam websites were able to get their hands on it and promoting it to people. And it kind of filled people's feeds away from keeping up with friends and family to just another form of passively passively getting advertising just i kind of say it's like people are shouting in your face instead of just going hey here's a thing you might be interested in it yeah feel free to scroll by if not so when you said about when you say to people when they're not sure and they feel they need to be on it back to my thing and i think you said it quite interestingly before actually that when you said about what it is i do i'm realizing more and more that it's not so much that i do social media as you said then with some of the experts yeah what i do is strategy and helping people come up with tactics for their business. It just happens to be the channel that I do is social media. Mm. That's kind of where the expertise is. And I think that what I say to everyone is always, <laughs> this makes me sound a bit like a three-year-old again, but why? I say, why, why, why? For everything they, so it's like, I need to be on social media. I say, why? If they said, well, because everyone else is on it. Okay, well, I mean, my mum's not on social media. Right. She says the reason is that she is just so busy she already keeps up with all of a lot of her friends. There's probably more friends she'd like to keep up with. Just, it's another thing I just don't have time for. And I don't really understand where this guilt for some people about not being on it comes from. But likewise, like you said, then with the psychology of not wanting to become annoying, I kind of go, okay, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that people are so worried about joining. I mean, you, about joining like, about people tooting at the content they put up almost. Yeah. <laughs> they want people to start tooting at let's call it. And they're so worried about not being interesting. And something that I've really realized later, uh, no, later, sorry, lately, is that people don't, <laughs> this is sound weird, but I'll explain it. Yeah. People don't care about you in the way that if you're not posting on social media, people are not going, why hasn't he posted for a few weeks? Oh yeah. Where's he been? Like something I found really interesting. And there's a lot of this uh, digital detoxing at the moment. And as I said, I'm doing a lot of work behind the scenes and reading in this. And I've got some plans further down the line to roll out some presentations targeted towards the, like the anxiety caused by social media for some people and to help people overcome that. And it's a topic that I think so complex that I don't go too much into detail with people at the moment, but right. To chat to you my thoughts but i just think that i saw at christmas a lot of people not when i say people what you'd call an influencer so someone with a few thousand followers posting going sorry we haven't posted for the last week sorry i haven't posted for a week or two and apologizing for not having posted and i was a bit like i don't know i wasn't thinking as in who do you think you are that I care? I was thinking more, why do you feel like you should be apologetic? Why do you feel like you've let people down almost? Yeah, do you know, that's, that's really interesting you say that. I, 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 do, a lot of, um, I do a lot of teaching, as, as you probably know. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I, I teach is around presentation skills. And one of the, the lessons I always tell people is like, don't start with an apology. You know, don't go out and tell people that you're nervous about this. You, you know, it's the first time you've ever spoken or whatever, because you might as well say to people, excuse the language, you might say, look, this is, this is going to be crap, so don't listen now. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, I, I feel the same thing about social media is that, like, say, you know, the podcast is exactly the same. I am not as consistent with it as I know I should be. If I, I want to get traction, if I want to get a bigger audience, and, you know, I'm appreciative for everybody who listens to me, even if it's just one person. I appreciate that time that's spent with me. Um, and, you know, when I, when I turn up and I do an episode, and maybe it's been like a couple of weeks since I posted last time, I'm not as consistent as I know I should be. Um, yeah. And then I feel like I should apologize. But at the end of the day, all we're doing to, is telling people that, you know, we're feeling kind of weak. We're feeling like that we're not, we're not doing this right. Um, yeah. and, you know, we're not feeling in control. And that's quite, you know, quite a weak position to come from. Yeah, and like I said, I'm, I'm quite glad you brought this topic up, actually, because I wasn't expecting to necessarily talk about this, but this is something which I'm, like, I'm really building out some presentations on it. Like I said, I feel like it's my responsibility, because of my knowledge of how to sell to people through social media, yeah. to really help people how to not let it overwhelm you. Yeah. And like you said then, with that timing, so I know when we spoke last, I'd had the, um, an operation, and I was resting up from that. I was on every single drug you could put me on under the sun after that operation. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to do was to go on my social media and post on behalf of my book. So I didn't for a few weeks. And I put a point, I actually put a post up to make the point of, look, I haven't posted for two weeks or whatever for my book. And two things happened, which were interesting. One, I still sold a few books in that time. <laughs> and two, since then, I still sold books. I haven't lost people because like I said, that thing of in the nicest way, no one cares about me. <laughs> I'm not giving them that much value. I, and I want to caveat this with, I don't know if there are any professions, maybe a medical profession or something like that, where you do need constant help or maybe, because I don't want to call anyone out on this, but in general, my view is once every couple of weeks, if you post, you'll still stay very relevant. And if you don't, my thing is like, um, I'm just thinking of, a, I'm trying to think of a good example now. Imagine like with a rock band, like the Rolling Stones or someone, like they don't do anything for years. Yeah. And then they go, right, we're doing a concert and everyone still jumps on it because they know the value they're bringing. So to me, it's not about always posting and always being heard. It's about always being valuable. So if you post once a month for 12 months, but each of your posts are absolute gold dust, I mean, I'm wondering, I'm thinking now, not that I'm going to do it, but like almost a social experiment for a, a company to show that if you just made 12 posts for a year, that they were so fantastic that they just helped loads of people. They'd keep, because I still, sometimes some of my posts, which I put up in November, every now and then someone might have seen it or commented it or shared it and it starts the ball rolling again. So it was actually the announcement post about my book. Yeah. Every now and then, I don't know if it's that my dad shared it. So I don't know if it's that someone on his, he directed them to his feed because he doesn't, he doesn't post a lot. My dad and he, he does a, for those of you who don't know, he works in BNI and does sales and networking training. Yeah. yeah. Uh, He's the assistant director for BNI, isn't he? In the UK is um, a, a very senior position for the largest business networking organization in the world. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to pick him up too much. So I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. My dad, I learned everything from my dad and then I went and applied it into big businesses. Obviously I learned from a few other people tricks along the way, but his thing has always been like, just tell me what it does. Just get straight to the point, help me out, keep me interested. And I just think with social media, that's the thing that 
people are so worried about posting all the time that they're just joining what I called before that noise of lots and lots of irrelevant posts. It's better to make sure that you kind of, you're happy with your post, that you feel confident in yourself. And that's why the idea of my book and one of the main things I always say to people is that it's very key to steal your ideas. So I like a saying, which is to steal from one, uh, to take from one person is uh, theft, but to steal from many is research. <laughs> and it's that idea that for me, I mean, these are, so my book is 104 social media content ideas. I did not, I was not the first person to think up any of those. They're all things that have been done before. Yeah. What I did was I'm the first person and the only person at the moment still to be going, here's these ideas. Here's a very simplified version of them. Here's why they're going to work for you. I'm the only, I've stole the design. I've seen this design from other places and thought this is a really good design for teaching people. Yeah. And I stole things from different places. So the idea of the book is one of the, my main audiences are people who are unsure what to post. And I've got people who are fantastic at social media mm. before having bought the book. I, there's some brilliant people and they've bought the book and there's been three or four ideas out of the hundred that they just haven't thought of doing before. Yeah that really help them. And I think the thing is, when I go, sorry, I've gone very off tangent here, but back to the why, anyone that thinks I need to be on social media, I would say to them, why do you feel that? If it was because they feel like they'll get more sales through it, then great, yes, you do. And then it's starting to figure out, but what's your worry? Is your worry you're unsure what to post? Well, then steal some ideas, follow some other people who do what you do and do social media well Yeah, and copy what they do. So go back to my stealing analogy. Yeah. Um, let's say I've, there's a few people who I follow in different industries, not necessarily social media, but advice. So I copy there. My dad could be one, for example, he's got his nuggets that he always shares his burgisms. Oh yeah. Um, so they're very short one sentence. Here's a quick tip. That's how I copied another one. Uh, there's someone who I think he works in the car industry or something completely different, but whenever he works on social media, he's working, he might do a time-lapse of him working. And I think that's a brilliant idea. I love a good time-lapse to show what you've achieved in a day or a great one for me with the book is um, I've started just following kind of big brands and I've obviously worked with them before as well and seen some of these, but I've got a whole Pinterest board saved of called product inspiration. The idea being that it's all different pictures and images of a product that's not just a white background and a picture of my book going, here's my book. Yeah. So some of them are stop motion. Some of them are with a colorful lighting system in the background. Some of them have the book creating a specific shadow. These are all things which I saw in all different places. And then I just copied Mm. And to, to be clear here, I, I, I don't think what you're, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think what you're advocating here is an out and out plagiarism. This is just about looking at like what other people are doing, what seems to be like working well, what people are engaging with and saying, okay, how can I take that as a concept and do it in my way? A hundred percent. And so if that made it sound like I was going, 
go and steal from everyone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I knew what you meant there, James, but I just, yeah, yeah. I just like, no, you're you're thinking right. if anybody's listening to this right now, I yeah. who they are. <laughs> if anyone's just turned in, they hear me say, get on social media and rob from everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly what I mean. So it's that idea that what people do, and there's this thing which I really like, and this is probably a better way to say it, that humans are incapable of making a perfect copy of anything. Right. If you ask someone to draw by hand like a star again and again and again, they're not going to be able to make an exact 100% copy. No. So the thing, you fall short, you do things in your own style, and it's by learning from the best and the way they do it, you do it in your style. So a perfect example, as you said there, if you're, um, let's think of an example. Let's say if you work, if you have a gardening company, yeah. you make gardens. If you follow other people who do gardening content, or other gardeners, you know, very good on social media. If you see one of them do a time lapse of them building something in someone else's garden, mm. like you said, then a, a stealing would be just to copy their post and go, "This is the type of thing that I can do," and it would kind of make you go, "Okay, but that's not you." But a copying, and when I say stealing, I almost mean, yeah, copy the ideas or steal the inspiration yeah. behind. Yeah. If you then went, actually. There's no reason why I couldn't do that. I can see they've put their phone in the back corner of the garden and just recorded two hours work. And you can see what they've built over two hours. I'm going to go and do that for mine. And then you just put your phone down, do that, and then go and uh, create your own. And you've got your own version of theirs. And that's what, when people are really unsure what to post, the two things I say to them, obviously one is, we'll buy my book because I've got 104 ideas there for you. <laughs> but the other version is... I say to them, look, find a few people who do in your industry who do it well. Yeah. So like you said, don't find one because if I happen to copy the if I follow gardening company number one and every sing every they put up a time lapse, the next day you put up a time lapse. If I follow both of you, sorry. Yeah. If the next day they put up a product price, you put up a product price, then you're just the same and it's a bit too obvious. Yeah. Whereas if you follow gardening company one, two, three, four, and five. If each day of the week you copy one thing from each of them, you're going to build your own style and your own content. Does that make a bit more sense on the stealing aspect? It, it does. And I think, you know, one of the things that I often say to people, like, you know, when they're putting together their social media strategy is like, you know, think of it in terms of content buckets. And you could say that like, you know, one content bucket, it could be like time-lapse videos. Another content bucket is, you know, so that we know works well on social media is sharing motivational quotes or something that's inspirational. And if you had a number of different content buckets, time-lapse, which I love, by the way, I've never really thought of that, um, your time-lapse being one of those, then, you know, you can, you, you've got a plan there, like in terms of content, uh, just think of it in terms of themes, and then you just kind of have to roll out that plan. And taking it to another level on that, actually, so... When you said time lapse there and motivational, they're very, they're very tactical. The time lapse and motivational is very tactical. Whereas actually, think about it in a different way. So not time lapse, but think about what the three things. So let's say three buckets because I like things in threes because it's nice and simple. Yeah. One bucket. So I'm going to use the example of my book for the moment. One bucket is I'm going to talk about how valuable my book is. Yeah. Another bucket is I'm going to talk about social media tips. And another bucket is I'm going to show 
content from Peter. I'm going to show businesses the books affecting. So those three buckets actually within them, there's then different ways. Obviously one could be a time-lapse. So for, let's say I'm going to talk about how valuable my book is. Yeah. That could be a review. That could be a, not a time-lapse, but let's say a slow motion of me flicking through every single page so people get a view of it. And then almost if you do those three buckets a bit higher up, so it's the one is I talk about selling my product. One is I talk about the value of my product. And one is I talk about, um, I, I talk about fun things I like to do. Yes. Or lessons I've learned. If they're your three, then you can have those three quite broad buckets. And if you, I always say to people sometimes, a big part of the strategy that I recommend is not just figuring out what it is you do, figure out what you don't do. So going back to your initial point about not wanting to be someone who jumps on social media and posts pictures of their meals. Like when people post pictures of their meals, I agree with you. But if someone has a restaurant or they work in the food industry and they post pictures of their meals, show me. I want to see them because you are the food expert. Well, that makes like, sense then, doesn't it? Exactly. And it's that thing of when people sometimes know, here's the things we don't post about. So for me, like I love hummus so much, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but hummus has nothing to do with my social media advice among many other things, but hummus could be my rogue example <laughs> of not posting pictures of when I'm eating hummus. Cause that's not to do with my business. That doesn't bring value to my audience. So it's almost knowing. And likewise, it's knowing sometimes one thing that I don't do is I don't post pictures or images or examples of bad content. Right. I don't as part, because what I'm advocating to people is here's how to enjoy posting content and here's what, here's what good content looks like. And as you say, then I don't want people to, I don't want to start going, this is rubbish content. This is what bad looks like. Yeah, yeah. And people start worrying. Is that what I'm Am I doing that? Yeah. Because you could argue that, that actually educationally that might be useful, but really what we want to do is to give people confidence to get out there and just share. Um, and I, I, I kind of want to come back to this whole thing about you said about valuable. And um, I really get that because just like blogging, podcasts, anything else like that, you know, more and more, not so much podcasts, but blogging um, is definitely one, whereas everybody is doing it these days. Maybe like 80, 90% of businesses are doing it these days. But the trouble is, yeah. most of it is, is pretty poor. Yeah. Um, and so I think the only way to stand out these days is to be that little bit better. And, you know, I know that adds a little bit of pressure, but I just think that means just be more creative. Think more about what you do. Um, you know, so I, I think that that's, I think that's really important, really. Is, but the good thing is, is that we can go out and we can find people who are, have got great social media, who are getting lots of engagement. Um, I don't think you, it's not a good idea to compare yourself with those people. Would you agree, James? Yeah, exactly. And I think something you said there, which is spot on with the blogging, about the, and like you said, it's that comparing that sometimes, and when I said about knowing what you don't do, sometimes it's also about knowing who you're not. So I think when you said then, and a good example in the blogging, I don't mean to sound like I'm challenging you here and feel free to call me out on it, but I think sometimes with blogging, if you're not good at writing, you shouldn't be blogging. But that doesn't mean the idea of sharing your views. You could be vlogging. You might be better at speaking than you are at writing. And like you said then, that 
comparing yourself to other people and going, oh, I can't write like him and I can't, he, when he writes, it's so funny. I mean, look, you might not be funny. <laughs> if you're trying to be funny and you're not, fun, like, it's kind of, I always say to people, find out who you are and do it on purpose. Yeah. Like, know what you're good at, know what your strength. So for me with this book, and a thing in this book is that this book is not long theory, long writing, because I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at writing in really long form. I'm good from my dad's teaching at just getting straight to the point and just telling you, do this, do this. If you then wanted to say why, I've got a few backup points showing you why it relates to your strategy. But I think what you said then that people look at other people too much, think I'm not him. And I think, yes, social media does kind of aggravate that, make that a bit more intense, but that's more of a kind of society problem. If you think in a way of looking at other people and going, Oh, he's doing this and making loads of money or doing well. And I'm not. And I think like you said, then it's, there's so much content online that sometimes it can be. So for me, I've found, I found one per a couple of people's teachings who are very, very good at the real intricacies of why social media works. Yeah. And I found a couple of other people's communication style of how they just get straight to the point. My dad being one of them, uh, my mentor Ruth Yearly is another one who just gets straight to the point. And I think like you said, then it's really finding what kind of who's similar to you. Who do you think you can emulate? instead of feeling like, who should I be emulating? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I, what I tend to think is that it's good to have your heroes. And there, there's a lot of people I, I love and I admire and, and are in my niche and are in my industry. And I think, you know, I, I would love to, to just kind of share space with those people because, like, a huge, huge respect. Um, and, but what, what I don't do is, is ever compare myself to those people because I know that they are so far ahead of me. You know, maybe one day I'll be there. But what I try to do is to look at people who are a little bit ahead, a little bit ahead. And just coming back to this thing about the blogging and, and like how you express yourself. I think the thing is, it doesn't matter whether you blog or your podcast or you go on social media or whatever. You've got to find a platform, a voice. Yeah. And, and every business, I mean, it's kind of funny because we, this wasn't really what we were going to talk about today, but I think it has been really valuable. But every business needs a voice. And yeah. I could not agree with you. Sorry, I'm interrupting you because I just love that. That is such a, I might write that down and steal that off you. Yeah, go ahead. Steal that off you. There you go. There's my stealing. Like, I'll, 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 uh, I'll quote you for it. But yeah, that is, yeah, sorry, carry on. I think that's brilliant. No, I think, you know, you just have to find what, what's the right platform for you, whether it is yeah. blogging or whatever. And, uh, and then it's not about comparing yourself. It's about looking at those people who are, are a step ahead. What are they doing that's working? How can I emulate that in my kind of way? Like steal the ideas as you were saying. It's absolutely right. And I've, I've, I've written down this thing about um, time lapse. That's great. Uh, but like you know how can i how can i do that myself um and then you only compete with yourself and i think what you just said before as well about that um when you said people feel like they should be and almost what we've been talking about throughout this whole thing about people feel like they should be on social media but they're unsure and all that thing with the voice and i love that is that i think what people the issue is people get worried when they're trying to be someone else that they're not yeah, And if they're blogging, trying to write like someone they're not and they know they're not good enough or they feel they're not good enough, even if they 
because they're like, oh, I'm not as good as him. He gets 200,000 likes and like, all these things, which again, another point, I always say that likes don't really matter because you don't know how much bot accounts, how much spam, like it's the engagement. It's our people commenting. Are you giving people value? Yeah. But back to what you said, I just think that if you, if you can speak in your own voice, so my aim with uh, this, with everything I'm doing, um, it's why I, just, I love what I do at the moment is because I'm social media content is not normally spoken about in the way that I speak about it. It's I sometimes make the odd spelling mistake, the odd grammar mistake, yeah. but it, it's normally so slick and so prepared and so polished. And also when you said about the platforms, if you think I'm what is known and what should be known as a content specialist or a content expert, but I do not have a Snapchat. I don't live stream all the time. I don't have a podcast. I don't run a blog. I, I write sometimes on Medium, put it on my website. Yeah. Um, I don't really post about my business on LinkedIn. And it's like you said, it's my thing is get, so I get really good on the platform or the couple of platforms, find your voice, build your confidence, build your audience, build your, knowledge that you're giving value then move to the other platforms i think so many people here i always call it um i don't know if we spoke about this actually before when i spoke with you but it's that my thing with any strategy and any business plan is crawl walk run fly yeah and i think there's too much advice and pressure on people to start flying before they've even learned to walk and it's that starting on social media and the first thing you do is set up a Snapchat because kids are on there and a LinkedIn because you've got to be there for B2B and a blog because people have got to hear you and a face. I mean, I'm feeling a bit panicky just saying it. <laughs> you've got to set up and you've got to come up with all the ideas. You've got to be interesting from the off. You've got to get loads of likes. Like, I mean, I, some, I post still now because I'm only three or four months into my business. I post now and a lot of times I don't get likes, but I know my, all my posts fit with my strategy that they're going to give my audience value if anyone was to scroll back through my page and see them. And something else which I've started saying to people recently as well about the whole, I used to know about find your voice, keep practicing, you'll eventually learn what works for you. Is when you think, when people go on your social media page, even if they scroll down, they can only see the last few things you posted. Yeah. Some granted might really like, look, great. If they like what you, if they don't like what you're doing, they're not going to keep scrolling. Exactly. So if someone likes what you're doing, they'll keep scrolling. I've been saying to people recently, like, if you think about all these people with hundreds of thousands of followers, and I've actually got a post coming out from my page on Monday, a great post I saw that said, um, it was like, Beyonce started with one album listen, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk started with one follower. Yeah. Like, people start with one person, they get good, and then when the time's right, they go from that kind of walking to running to flying. And I just think, yeah, like what you said there about find your voice that I kind of say to people, back to my people don't care. Like, don't worry about just practicing for a bit until you find your voice. Don't put pressure on yourself to be hilarious and valuable and exciting and inspiring. And like, I just think that when sometimes, like you said then about people a little bit further ahead of you as opposed to the big, big people, like a good example is Gary Vaynerchuk, who I think does social and everything fantastically. But that guy's got a company of 250 people who are all content specialists. Yeah. So they'll all be feeding into his ideas. 
they'll be filming him when he's doing his content, uploading it for him. And I mean, the guy's amazing, but he's figured out over time how to get other people helping him build it. And it's one thing, I mean, one of my best friends, he's been using the book. He's got a great, um, a great pop-up, a food pop-up. And he's been using the book. And for ages, he didn't have loads of followers. I said to him, Look, it doesn't matter. I said, keep concentrating on sharing your food. I mean, he was, he was one of my beta testers for the book. Yeah. So I was like, focusing on doing the content, actioning. I was like, because what you'll find is if you don't concentrate on followers and likes and concentrate on making great content, that feels comfortable for you, that works for you, eventually something will switch and the likes and the followers are going to come. And I think it was a case of he actioned one of the ideas in the book, which is reaching out to influencers. And he's had a few different things which have led to more followers anyway, but one of them was he gave one of my tips about hashtags he started using and got some more relevant followers. But one was he, um, he just messaged privately an influencer. And like you said, he didn't message a Jamie Oliver, a top, top person. He messaged someone who had maybe 10, 15,000 followers is more likely to respond. Yeah. Why would you be interested? They blog on food. Would you be interested in coming, trying one of our meals and sharing it? That happened. He then got a load more followers off of that. And it's a bit like where I'm talking to your good self. I've got a few other plans in the works that I'm not in a rush at the moment to get myself loads of followers and loads of audience. Because offline, I'm still selling my book. Yeah. I've still got other routes through talking to people, through contacts. Because I kind of, like you said, I know it's going to come. I want to build my confidence, build my voice, build my value. And just do it in a way that, like my thing that I'm really concentrating on at the moment, my overarching aim is helping people enjoy using social media, but also increasing their sales while doing it. Yeah. So it's not going... At 11 o'clock, oh, God, I haven't posted on social media today. I need to get on social media. I haven't done it today. It's being confident that they, and I've got tips in the book, and one which I know I spoke to you about is scheduling. Yeah, yeah, go on, share that one. Biggest one. So the biggest tip I give anyone who's too busy, and which if we're setting up our own businesses and people are busy, you've got other things. Social media scheduling is the most useful thing. So as I mentioned before, which actually I don't know if I did mention, but I've got a day job. This isn't my book and the pickaroons is something I do on the side. Right. So I don't have time each day to be scheduling, uh, to be posting on my social media. I don't have time each day to be checking to see if I've got likes each evening. I'll check so I can each evening, each morning, any comments, any messages from people, I'll make sure to get back to them. Yeah. I do it on the train and it feels quite nice because I'm engaging with people. I'm just having a chat. But my actual posts, my is this going to help with my business strategy, on a Saturday or Sunday morning, I will schedule them. And when I'm feeling extra inspired, I might one night have some time midweek and do it. But sometimes on a Saturday, I'll schedule the next two or three weeks posts. I'm planning on getting to a stage where I could almost schedule two months post in half a day. And what it means is that by sitting down and scheduling, you don't have to worry about, did I post on social media this day? And again, a big thing is you can post at a certain time. So I know a lot of my audience are going to be online when they're like a lot of people when they're commuting, when they finish work. So four or 5 PM is a good time to post, but I can't post then because I've got a day job. So 
I set up my post to go out each day at four or five, it then means that I haven't got that, like you said, that kind of anxious feeling, oh, I need to post it, I haven't said anything. It also means that everything we said before about you don't need to be posting all the time. I mean, when I say I post every day, I only post Monday to Friday. I don't like posting on the weekend. Right. It's not like every now and then if I've got something special, I feel like it, I might post on a Saturday. Because my thing's more educational and business, I feel like people are more in that mindset midweek and it's a better time for me to engage with them. But again, if you wanted to sit down at the weekend or Saturday, you could schedule two posts to go out a week. You could do the next 10, 15 weeks posts and more if we went back to the themes bucket that you said of. There's a lot of other techniques to it, but the, that, if there's one thing that I hope I leave people with here, it would be look up scheduling tools, which the free ones are Buffer and Hootsuite. Yeah. And for free, you can then schedule your posts so you'd write them as you would a normal social media post. You can then pick a time for them to go out. And it just means if you're feeling like you haven't got enough time to post on your social media, that you can get that done. And I, I think when I spoke to you, I think you do some scheduling as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. There's certain things that I'll go on. I, I like my content to go out to feel quite live and raw and fresh. But there are certain things like my theme posts, you know, I've got some of my groups, I'm going to go like elsewhere. They're going to be the same kind of thing. So I can schedule that every time. But because I'm responding and commenting and getting involved, I think people appreciate that even if they can see it's a scheduled post, then, you know, they appreciate that actually this is still me and I will still engage with it, even if it's kind of been scheduled ahead of time. Yeah. And I think what you just said then, actually, this goes back to my point about us being different, because I've seen the posts you do, and I think the posts you do are great. As you said then, you said some of your posts have to be live and, en- some of your posts have to be live and engaging, because that's what yeah. you like to do. At the moment, the stage I'm at in my business, my posts don't need to be that. So that doesn't make me right and you wrong and that doesn't make you right and me wrong that's our two different businesses that's our two different styles what we like i'm hoping that eventually i can be at a point like you where maybe each evening i can do some more live and engaging posts which would need yeah. scheduling at the moment what i'm doing is more tips so business tips about social media they can be scheduled every now and then though a good example is i might see someone who used the book and did a great post and i'll share it there and then as you said, that's yeah. a live post. So interesting there. You really hit the head of the, the different styles of that works for you. And I know you're doing great with your business and mine works for me. And it's what we both feel comfortable yeah. with. And it's like you said, then it's that I'm not now going, oh, he's posting live and no. I'm not. I should be posting live the whole time because I know what I'm, I know what works for me. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's just like you said then, it's understanding that I think going back and going a bit bigger on the general social media and everyone feeling the need for it, I think a problem with social media is that those channels and the benefits of them have grown so quickly that people have almost lost a bit of control of how to use them. If that, They've got so good, so responsive, the adverts have got so targeted that it's like, a bit like you said, you land and there's just content video should i be gifting should i be live streaming should i be i mean i always look at um my grandma's on social media i always look at the stuff my grandma does because people are allowed they're having fun with it and that's the thing i always think like she'll do a live stream she did (laughs) it was she tried to live stream and it 
took a few times as she got the hang of it, but she was doing wow. at the theatre. She's going, her mate, she's at the theatre and having fun. And it's just playing. She sent me on birthdays like emoji gift cards. Because it was just, she enjoyed it. She didn't feel the pressure of I should be doing something. And I just think that more businesses need to think that same thing of not feeling people aren't judging you for not doing things. The kind of the, the judging almost comes from when you, when you do too much irrelevant things, it's that not just knowing what your posts are, knowing who you are, just providing some interest. I mean, someone I used to work with said something fantastic to me, which has always stuck with me. And it's why I feel like any, any business that thinks that any of the ideas in my book wouldn't work for them. I understand how for some people they might not feel comfortable yet, want to do some of them. But I promise you every idea could work for anyone because someone said to me this great statement, which was anything, if you look into it in enough detail is interesting, anything. So it might be the material, the story of the materials, the story of how you started, like every single business, large or small to me, has interesting stories to tell and that they should just feel comfortable saying them, whether it is just a, here's a tip I learned when I start, here's a picture of me when I first started off, here's a time-lapse of what a day in the life looks like for me. I mean, I don't know what a day in the life looks like for you. That'd be interesting to me. Might not mean I'm gonna buy from you, but it's interesting enough for me. If every single day you were sharing with me a day in your life, I'd feel a bit intense. Whereas if every now and then you mix it up and you just share different things just to keep people, and I almost say to people sometimes, you're not, your content's not always going to, people aren't always going to look at it and go, I really like that. But what you almost want is people to go like, oh, okay. I, mean, I think the thing is, like, maybe what we need to do is just to kind of remember your nan. If she can do it, so can anybody else. And what, yeah. you know, what's been really interesting to me today, like, you know, it's, it's kind of gone a little bit differently to how, you know, there's always like the interview that you, you're meant to have and the thing you had. Oh yeah, this is not one part exactly. what I meant to be talking and, to you about. But, but actually it's been really, really great. And so, um, yeah, I think the thing is, this, this is a burning problem. Like, you know, one of the things that I advocate to people a lot, like with anything, because we spend so much time working it out and working it out and trying to get everything lined up and perfect and right, is that, like, just start badly. Just start badly, because, mm. you know, as you said, oh. nobody cares. If I make a mistake, like, if I put something up on, on my feed of my social media and it doesn't really do very well, or perhaps I make a mistake on my spelling or whatever, um, like, nobody's going to care. They're just going to jog on and move on. Yeah. And so yeah. I think the thing is, like, you know, just start badly, we get better. And as you say, like, that feed, it yeah. goes so quick. And people, you probably oh. won't go down very far on it if they do. Yeah. There was so much I wanted to ask you today, and, and it's been so valuable. James, I want to ask you about your book before we wrap up. But will you come back and talk to us more about social media? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I feel like there's a few points, even in what you were saying there. Like, I really enjoyed a lot of the points that you've made as well. And they've made me think of, more things and yeah definitely i'd love to excellent excellent now, t- tell us about your book i mean obviously you know we've been alluding it uh, up till now and um you know it, it's a great book 104 uh, social media content ideas to increase sales who would want that like how do people get hold of it and how do they get hold of you yeah so you can get hold of the book at my website which is www.pickaroons.co.uk 
Um, I've also on Twitter and Instagram at JB underscore Picaroons. And on Facebook, there's a page which is Picaroons. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's for, if I just summarize it quickly, it's for my, I identified four problems. So four types of person. So it's unsure what to post on their page. Feel like you don't have time. You're worried, which I know we talked about this a lot. You're worried about annoying other people. And then if you haven't got any of those, which is great, just if you want more people to know about what it is your business does. As I said, I've worked with some of the world's largest brands, including Samsung, IBM, Philips, Seat, on content. So these ideas are ideas that big brands use, but they're communicated in a simple, easy to understand way. And at the moment, we've got over 200 businesses that are being are actioning the ideas and are finding value in them and increasing their sales. But the main point of, if you follow the steps I've got in the book, which is coming up with a plan, which is filling in your own strategy statement, stealing the ideas, which you're stealing the ideas from me. <laughs> I'm the one being stolen from here because I'm giving away. I mean, we can charge thousands and thousands for these analysis for big brands. I'm giving away these ideas for under 15 quid. So steal from me, yeah. schedule the posts, and then what all that allows you to do, and this is, I think, what we've really spoken on today. So those three steps of planning, what, who, knowing who you are and why you're posting, stealing the ideas and scheduling allows you to do the fourth thing, which I think what we've really spoken about today, which is engaging with people. Putting the thing that's missing at the moment and through work that I'm doing behind the scenes, big businesses are doing behind the scenes, we're all starting to move towards is we're trying to put the social back into social media. If you do those three things, which are going to cover your business side, you're going to be able to spend the rest of your time commenting with people, doing live streams. As you said, being like my grandma, where you get to <laughs> chat with people, be friendly, have fun, comment, big other people up, love this post you've done, can I share it? Like actually having human conversations with people, as it is, it's just another place to be social and be friendly and not, worrying and sorry one other thing which i know we spoke about before but i've gone off tangent can i just quickly share the strategy thing with your audience that we spoke about yeah 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 final thing and yeah then we'll, then we'll wrap up but yeah i'd lo love to hear that very good and yeah i'd love to share this because this goes back to what you said about the plan which is knowing who you are at the beginning of my book i've got a fill your own strategy statement in and for anyone listening to this i'd love for you to fill your your zone in and this is going to help you with what we said about planning, knowing who you are. So my gap say we publish gap and gap content that makes people who gap feel gap. So a business to consumer example I've got in the book of that is we publish cool and fashionable content that makes people who are looking to improve their style feel confident that they look good. If you fill in one of these statements and going back to everything we said about, especially what you said about finding your voice, this will allow you to go, that's who I am, that's what I post, and as long as everything you post is 200% rooted in that, it focuses on that, nothing you post will be off-brand and will cause you an issue and you have no reason to worry about anything you post. So that's kind of my, what I'd really hope to give your audience and help them take away on what we spoke about, giving people that confidence to enjoy social media. 
That's pure gold. Thank you. Thank you so much, James. And I think one of the things that we have to be able to do is explain what we do really, really simply. And that's brilliant formula for that. What I'll do is I'll make sure that we get all of the links that you mentioned today um, to your book, to like you, to your social media, um, and anything else that we mentioned today up on the, uh, on, on the show notes page. So that will be getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 28. I'll mention that in a moment. Um, but just like, James, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing time with me today. Um, thanks for sharing your ideas. I've really, really enjoyed it. Let's have you back. Um, you know, anything final you want to share with us before we wrap this up? Uh, first off, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. And yeah, just focus on enjoying, enjoying the social media. It's not... Don't let, don't let that pressure hit you. This is me take to everyone. Just there's too much pressure at the moment. Just enjoy it. Have fun posting on it. Like I said, be like my grandma, just have fun, do what you like and know who you are and just enjoy. What a positive message to finish off there from James. I hope it really gives you some confidence to get out there, have more conversations. We worry so much about the metrics all the time. And yes, they're important once we get going with things. I'm sure you're probably like me in as much that you're always looking to turn the dial, see how you can improve things, you know, just kind of fine-tune things to get better and better. I think that's important to do, but really we just have to get started and we have to build confidence up. As James said today, it's about crawl, walk, run and sprint. So if you're in the early stages of using social media, go out and do it. Start conversations, get involved in conversations, continue conversations and get social. The clues in the word social media. Just a reminder about the links today. If you want to go and pick up James's book, 104 Social Media Content Ideas to Increase Sales, the link to that is on the show notes page, as well as links to the scheduling tools that James mentions today. I know that scheduling was something that James really wanted to drive home with you. So what I've actually done is I've put together a cheat sheet of all of the different social media content scheduling tools that I know of. I'm sure there's more out there, but if you want to save yourself a ton of time looking through all the different social media content scheduling tools, then uh, just go grab my cheat sheet. Everything that you need to know is there. The link for that and everything else today is getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 28. It's all there on my show notes page. We are back next time with more great ideas for you to grow your business and have fun doing it. In the meantime, if you've got a comment or thought about the show today, then do me a favor, either leave a comment on the show notes page or go over to my Facebook group, Earning the Right, again, the links on the show notes page, where you can come and join a discussion with me, James, or anybody else in the Get Real About Business community. We would love to hear from you. We want your thoughts. Get involved. Again, the group's called Earning the Right. Look that up on Facebook or find the link on the show notes page. That really is it for today. Take care of yourself. I look forward to talking with you again soon. Here's to you and your highly successful business.